0: Adults sometimes have hopes for their children. They sometimes have questions about the future that they might have. And they might say to them, you know, what's your hope in life? What do you expect to do? And the answer might be, A builder or a teacher, a nurse or a doctor, a chef. Perhaps in the past, a train driver. (laughs) Not sure that anybody actually drives trains now, at least not locally. Um, In the late 1960s, it might have been an astronaut. Today, a video games tester. Or maybe a celebrity, famous for being a celebrity. But as as we challenge young people to think of the future, how often instead of saying, this is what I'm going to be, do they think of, instead of a profession a career that they think about whether they will be kind, whether they will have an understanding of others, whether they will love their neighbour as themselves, whether they will have the ability to listen as well as to speak, and whether as they grow older the desire to love God And serve him. You know, that's what we long for, isn't it? But actually, it's not the answer that we sometimes expect. Joseph knew what he wanted in life he sought stability, he wanted to be married to Mary. He was going to work as a carpenter. He was going to be faithful to God. He was a righteous man. These hopes and dreams are realized. But the journey is nowhere near as smooth as he would have imagined. And instead he must face the fact that his betrothed, his Mary, is pregnant he will soon need to face the fact that he's going to have to go on a journey because Caesar Augustus is going to make a decree. He'll discover after the birth that the life of his child is in danger. He has to become a refugee fleeing to Egypt all before returning home to Nazareth where we understand that he laboured, providing a home for his wife and his children. Our passage today tells us a bit of that story and the nativity play that we've seen on the screen fills in a bit more. We've heard how he responds when faced with Mary's pregnancy. The time of betrothal in the first century usually lasted about a year and it was a state of pre-marriage but it was one that was firm and fixed and binding. It was a time when the future bride and the future groom remained in the respective family homes Until the day of marriage, when the groom would collect the bride and take her to his home. And then great celebrations would occur. It would not be until after this party that the relationship would be consummated. And for a woman to be pregnant before that time would bring great shame on both families. For a woman to no longer be a virgin, but still living in her father's house, would, by Deuteronomy 22, be worthy of being stoned to death by the men of the village. The question of circumstances or who was responsible did not seem to enter into it in much the same way as we still see in the Middle East in some Arab countries. Where in our news we find cases reported of tourists perhaps raped and then they go to the authorities to report it and find themselves arrested. You've seen such a case recently in Dubai. Stoning was the method of dealing with a number of issues. It was, of course, the punishment facing a woman caught in adultery in John chapter 8, where the Pharisees ask Jesus, how should she be dealt with? what he did was choose to write on the ground with his finger and challenge the crowd, saying, let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her before directing her to go and sin no more. Joseph, we might imagine, has every right to be upset, to be angry, to have an issue made of his girlfriend's situation. But does he seek revenge or punishment? No. He doesn't seek the death penalty. He doesn't call for what he might expect or what others might imagine should be the case. He doesn't want to make a scene. He does not want her to be made a public disgrace. Here the man who is faithful to the law, the righteous man, continues to think of Mary with love. He chooses not to go out in public to divorce her but to try and do it privately when we are aggrieved how do we respond is it to make the big show is it to make the large scene Is it to ensure that a painful emotional or society wound is introduced to others too when we feel hurt? Or do we respond with love in our hearts for our neighbour? Love in our hearts for our old friend who has done something we don't expect? For our family member... Who really challenges us? Do we continue to love, to love them, and to seek the best way forward in their life? That is the peaceful way. Healing comes to the hurting Joseph in our passage through a dream. Like Joseph, the son of Jacob, that he shares his name with. The Joseph of our passage seems blessed with the ability to dream and to interpret God's message for him. The angel in this vision speaks directly to not be afraid. When the angel came to Mary and told her that she was pregnant, it would be understandable that the angel's first words are, don't be afraid, Because this angel has just appeared. But here to Joseph, it's part of a dream. And so the message is not about don't be afraid of the angel, but to not be afraid of the circumstances that he found himself in. And it's a lesson for all of us not to be afraid because God is with us. God has a plan. God can give us hope. And so, we hear he is not to be afraid. He is to take responsibility for the child as his own. And he is to even name him. The naming is a fatherly act. It is effectively a legal declaration of parentage. It's saying, this is my son. In Matthew's gospel, this passage, this story of Joseph, comes just after a genealogy, a list of fathers connecting Joseph back into King David and further back to Abraham. It's through Joseph saying you're called Jesus, I'm your father, that Jesus is seen to be the son of David. But we also see something else. Each time in this genealogy that's in Matthew 1, that there is a father mother relationship expressed, we notice that there's something going on. Those relationships were Judah and Tamar, Saman and Rahab, Boaz and Ruth, David, and Bathsheba. We find that each of those relationships has an element of preaching the traditional understanding of acceptability in the Jewish faith. Tamar is Judah's widowed daughter-in-law, which he mistook for a prostitute. Ruth is a Moabite David committed adultery with the wife of Uriah the Hittite each one of them has something in the past Moabite, Canaanite, prostitute already married to someone else there's things going on here. Each of these unions, though, God blessed with the birth of a child who would serve his purpose. Each one of these fathers, God's hope for humanity. The genealogies, therefore, go beyond tying Jesus into the royal line, but remind us of the unconventional way God sometimes acts. And calls us not to be judgmental of the child of Mary. The child that was conceived spiritually out of wedlock. But instead we are to awaken our sense of love, hope and adventure. While discovering God's path might not always be plain sailing. The child will be born A child who is like no other. Not only human, but also divine. And so can rightly be considered as Emmanuel. God is with us. The prophecy of Isaiah 7 verse 14 is not simply fulfilled in the name that is given to the boy, Jesus. Meaning, Yahweh, the Lord, saves us. But in who he is and what he does, we cannot be saved of sin by any normal human act. No no normal person can save us. Only God could. But God came as a human And he lived our common life on earth. He grew from a child to manhood. Tempted by the evil one but not giving in. He knew friendship as we have known friendship. And he knew betrayal as we may also have experienced in our lives. Laughter and tears and felt the pain and agony of death. He truly was with us in our human experience. And now as the risen Lord, he continues to be Emmanuel, coming into the heart of each believer. The Lord continues to save. Perhaps... In being Jesus' earthly father, Joseph impacted the lives of far more than he could have dreamed. Two thousand years later, we dress children with a tea towel on their head and remember his name. they might find themselves knocking on a pretend innkeeper's door, of walking along and trying to find somewhere for the baby to be born, finding a wooden manger. I pray that as each of those children grow up, They may grow with the love, the righteousness, and the willingness to serve God that we see in Joseph. Whatever their career path may be, whatever decisions they make in life, hopefully they will follow the Lord. And as for those of us gathered here who are working age, or a little older. Might we still be open each day to hear something from God and think, that decision that I made, maybe I need to rethink it. As we get directed by the Lord To seek his path and to do God's will, however challenging that may appear. Amen.